Welcome to yet another episode of Shortcast Over Coffee. Today, my guest is Pranav Radhakrishnan. Pranav is a terrific science communicator and the man behind the popular YouTube channel Science is Dope, where he talks about pseudoscience and some people who popularize it and uh, analyzes conspiracy theorists who are getting popular day by day, unfortunately. Pranav is an engineering graduate from the National Institute of Technology, Calicut, and I found out that he also grew up in Kodikod, the very city where I did a lot of schooling in. In this episode, I talked to Pranav about atheism, debunking pseudoscience, alternative medicine, and of course, Sadhguru. So without further ado, let's now get right into it. Hi Pranav, welcome to the podcast. Hello, glad to be here. Yeah, I'm interviewing Science's Dope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I was I was so delighted to come across your channel, to be honest, um, because um, it it basically spoke a lot of what I wanted to speak, um, mm-hmm. and I I spoke among my friends, but uh, it was great to see someone being really bold and not mincing words and uh, uh, mm-hmm. debunking a lot of pseudoscience and uh, a lot of what we are seeing out in YouTube and social media which we will eventually get into. Uh, but to start off the podcast, I would love to know what Science is Dope uh, is all about and what you were up to before you started your YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, like you said, I think many people uh, have the same sentiments. Like uh, these are things that they wanted to say uh, and uh, uh, to hear someone else say it, to hear someone give voice to their thoughts uh, i think that's one reason why uh, people are subscribed to my channel that's one reason for my growth also and to be honest i would have been one among those people i would have uh, wanted to see someone actually say these things online but in india especially such content is impossible to come by like when i started there was lit i couldn't see anyone else doing what i did and one main reason why i did it was because i didn't see anyone else doing it and uh initially though my channel i started uh the whole thing as a science channel like i wanted to talk about topics within science because i come from a science background I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, things like the physics of sound and the biology of evolution, basically general topics under science. Uh, And such topics, such videos uh, weren't getting a lot of traction, especially in India. And uh, the one video I did where I did touch upon pseudoscience a little bit got a lot of views. when I say a lot, I, I mean like 1K, 2K at that time. And um, uh, so I thought, yeah, there is an audience for these kinds of topics. Uh, and this is a topic that no one else is speaking on. And I was very interested in this. I used to watch a lot of content of uh, creators outside India who talk about all these topics about logic and about fallacies and about pseudoscience and all these things. And I thought, okay, why not do some more videos on the topic? And I did such videos. 
where in between I would bring in whatever science topic that is relevant to uh, this uh, idea being discussed in the video. And I'd uh, try and call out all the pseudoscience also, all the fallacies being made also. And those kinds of videos got really popular. And I remember there was this one video I did on uh, Sadhguru, who's getting extremely popular now on YouTube especially. Uh, and that video did really well. In fact, that's the most watched videos, second most watched video on my channel now. And many people even discovered my channel through that video. So, uh, yeah, um, once I started doing such topics, there was no looking back. And today, more than science, much more than science, I do topics on rationality. Yeah, and mm -hmm. rational thinking. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So uh, you said you wanted to start off as a science channel. Um, uh, we have the classic case of uh, you know someone like a Mark Rober, Veritasium, Vsauce. Was that kind of the line that you were looking to target? Yep, those were my inspirations. Those channels were uh, the ones I wanted to be like, kind of. And uh, even today, you can see. Um, if you look at any any of my videos that do a pure science topic, like I've done topics like why does the moon um, or uh, the moon doesn't actually revolve around the earth, why is this? Uh, things like those. Those are pure science topics. Like I've done one video on uh, the evolution of the telescope. Uh, those topics are pure science. And if you watch them, you will see that the pattern of the videos is kind of similar to people like Veritasium and yeah, so they're my inspirations. Mm, excellent. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you were watching some of the uh, some of the pseudoscience debunkers from outside India. Uh, do you want to name a few? Yeah, uh, so the first one that comes off the top of my head is uh, Rationality Rules. Uh, he's a UK-based YouTuber, uh, mainly talks on uh, religion and uh, such topics, but he also talks on pseudoscience. And uh, like uh, he breaks down arguments or points made by people uh, by exposing what logical fallacies are being committed. So in fact, I learned a lot of my fallacies from watching him. And then uh, I would say there are people like Professor Dave, uh, then people like, uh, there's a channel called Simon Dan, if you've heard of him. He's also, he also debunks a lot of flat earth arguments and things like that, uh, conspiracy theories. Yeah, these are some of the few. Um, there are a bunch more, but yeah, these are the few. Uh, mainly channels that uh, do debates, arguments, or break down arguments and debates and stuff. So those are the channels. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned about uh, flat earth theory. I don't even know if I can call it that, but it's crazy the number of people who believe in that uh, uh, yeah. that kind of stuff even now. I mean, I went to grad school in Virginia Tech um, and Virginia comes under the so-called Bible Belt, if you will. Uh, oh. It's it's yeah, uh, Southern state... Um, well, I mean, is Virginia a southern state? Yeah, it was one of the Confederate oh, states. Yeah, okay. I, you know, funnily enough, Virginia is 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 a state of great contrasts. 
so so virginia it starts right below dc uh, and it goes all the way till about you know north carolina i think that's the state okay. that that okay. comes right below okay. um, so so the the counties that are close to dc are extremely wealthy the the five six counties surrounding dc have one of the highest per capita income in the us because of defense contractors people working for the cia nasa and all of that and then the bordering uh, counties which which border like west virginia they mm. are you know you can still see confederate flags uh, you can still mm. see uh, the remnants of the coal industry and so on and so mm. forth and um, funnily enough you know i i was a teaching assistant during my first year and uh, i met someone who had enrolled for an aerospace degree and mm -hmm. did not believe in evolution so um it, it was absolutely fascinating um uh, yeah so <laughs> i discovered it pretty late that um, you know you have this notion that people in the west um, you know coming from india right i mean you so just... i think you can say a lot of what you said for people who don't believe in vaccines so uh, i think some of these uh, beliefs that people have come out of privilege they've experienced the privilege of not having such deadly diseases rampaging through their societies for so many years or even things like flat earth like their problems are so few and far between that uh, um, things like evolution so all, all these ideas for to some degree come from a religious or magical thinking that's what i like to call it uh, so uh, I think they also come out of privilege. So uh, anti-vax especially, they've not had these diseases for such a long time in their societies that they kind of forget the uh, role science and vaccines had to play in bringing them to that state in their society. And that privilege makes them question the very few uh, side effects that vaccines or uh, let's say flatter they they usually bring in government control and all these things right uh, nasa's fooling you that's what they say and uh, even uh, evolution uh, some conspiracy theorists uh, try and bring an idea of these scientists are trying to uh, you know uh, they're organizing uh, a conspiracy to fool all of you and that's what they say. So uh, I think they wouldn't say this in a place where there isn't that same level of privilege, which is what you can see in India. So uh, although India is not uh, uh, like a backward nation by any sense of the word, it's still not nearly as privileged as some of the western nations and so uh, you will hardly ever find anyone saying anything against vaccines here in this country and i think privilege is has the has one of the biggest roles to play in that yeah you bring an interesting point because i mean look at the average life expectancy right um, you know 1947 i think it was about uh, high 30s maybe and now mm -hmm. it's around 75 76 so um, 
we are definitely privileged to be living in this day and age where vaccines yeah, are but played. 1940s 1940s uh, is a bad sample because that's when the world wars happened uh, if you i think if you no, i was talking the, about uh, the average life expectancy in india uh, oh in india yeah. okay yeah yeah but but yeah to your point uh, that's that's yeah. a bad bad thing because you know 45 yeah. was when the world war ended but you yeah. know even if you if if you take something like a like the 50s or you know the early boomer mm-hmm. generation you know we have come a long way from that point uh, thanks yeah. to vaccines so um, uh, yeah completely concur to your point that you know people always look at that minute um, mm. uh, number in efficacy which is gone wrong yeah yeah it's kind of happening in india where people are starting to ignore modern medicine even though all these all these you know uh, benefits and positives about life expectancy and everything came out of modern medicine came because of modern medicine there is a tendency now that you can see on social media and i call this out a lot where people are starting to ignore or move away from modern medicine and in favor of traditional medicine so they'll and these are all alternative medicines in fact there is an entire ministry that the indian government has set up just for uh, promoting alternative medicines in society so uh, i think again all that comes out of privilege we wouldn't have that in a society that uh, you know that has a lot of epidemics pandemics or uh, you know people die often children die of poly- polio children are permanently disabled because of polio you would never have that in a society like that yeah interesting you bring about uh, the 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 topic of ministry of ayush right and and i have members of my my own family where they want to try homeopathy they want to try ayurveda mm. and you mentioned privilege as well which which mm. w- makes me think that is it the confidence that even if that doesn't work out i can always bank on modern medicine uh, is that one of the reasons why people want to try out these things um i think it's a lack of trust in modern medicine uh that's that's that has a much bigger role to play in these decisions people make i think people lack trust because uh modern medicine or at least even the doctors they don't do a good job of communicating one on one to their patients you can't entirely blame them because maybe they're also busy with a lot of patients to see in a short amount of time that they can't dedicate enough time to talk to a patient about hey this is what's wrong with you and this is the way uh, we are going to treat it this is our this is going to be our approach it is known to have this level of efficacy uh, it's known to have worked in this this Uh, this many people uh, all these things if this kind of communication is there from doctor to patient alternative medicine will vanish because people will understand that this is how you judge the efficacy of a medicine that's not there uh, among actual medical doctors uh, instead what happens is the uh, alternative medicine doctors spend more time talking about talking to the patient they kind of feel 
cared for like uh, when a homeopath sits with you and listens to your entire life story i'm exaggerating a little bit but they'll talk about a lot of patient history with them and uh, if it's some lifestyle disease some diet or something i think they can treat it themselves but the amount of time uh, that they spend with the patient is something that uh, contributes to the amount of trust people have in such medicines and uh, i don't think patients think about you know even if this doesn't work you can fall back on modern medicine Pe patients don't think that way but uh, their the way they think about medicine is so distorted by the existence and the promotion and this thing about i said about communicating um, and and there's also communication in the sense a lot of people promoting modern medicine oh uh, sorry alternative medicine especially on social media talk a lot of um, uh, talk a lot of shit for lack of a better term uh, about modern medicine they try and say things like hey modern medicines all chemicals um, they have all these side effects and they basically turn people away from modern medicine so it's a combination of all these things that end up in modern medicine being looked up and looked at unfavorably and alternative medicine getting all this promotion yeah yeah i mean people uh, talk about the efficacy of modern medicines right like even if mm. it's a vaccine or something uh, mm. but the same numbers don't really come out uh, mm. when it comes to ayurveda or homeopathy mm. and mm. i i don't remember people ever asking for those numbers like why why would that be you know um so uh, as humans we don't uh, pay much uh, importance to statistical evidence whereas that is the measure uh, of efficacy of a medicine uh, you should have medicine that has gone through proper randomized control trials having all these efficacy and numbers and all these things and based on that you should make a decision on hey this medicine is the most effective for this condition and not this one instead uh, we tend to think in a fallacious manner by looking at uh, anecdotal evidence. So one person says that, hey, uh, uh, going to this doctor really helped me. Uh, I have this pain over here. And now after going to him, it's completely gone. And people hear that and that uh, gives a much more impact or plays a much bigger role in their minds things like these anecdotal evidence and things like what people say this they have a bias towards things like uh, recency availability uh, things like what people say like authority like uh, uh, these are all fallacious ways of thinking anecdotal evidence is another one so uh, people give a greater importance to all these things rather than statistical evidence, which is what modern medicine works on. 
so uh, and and a lot of these fallacious thought processes are uh, something that evolved as a trait in us like imagine like a hundred thousand years back the homo sapiens that existed back then never had to deal with such high levels of statistics and all that most of what they dealt with are all anecdotal are all hearsay like he said this she said that things like that and even today we've we've not evolved at all from how homo sapiens were back a hundred thousand years ago so we still tend to tend to pay more importance to you know thought process like that so yeah that is mm. the main reason yeah i mean uh i feel like the lobby of alternative medicine is is quite huge i mean it's it can be pretty much compared to the sugar lobby in america in mm -hmm. in the 1950s and 60s and and fighting against that seems to be uh quite quite an uphill task i mean we all saw what ha happened with dr abby phillips recently mm. uh with yeah. uh with himalaya and and all of that it's 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 crazy that we have to fight for these things at this day and age yeah i think it uh it'll benefit people who are not aware to actually talk about what exactly happened so dr abby phillips is a hepatologist from kerala uh, who talks who who's mainly active on twitter and he provides a lot of chemical analysis and he also he tweets about the actual reports on these things and he provides you the the test results you can see yourself and he calls out a lot of alternative medicines he does chemical analysis and all these mainly because he also gets a lot of patients who have liver damage only because they had alternative medicines. People who would have been otherwise completely healthy were harmed by these, especially Ayurveda. I think people, uh, this is one reason why I call out Ayurveda. People don't see the uh, actual danger in having un untested, unsafe, not safety tested, medicines like Ayurveda. So uh, recently what happened was he apparently he uh, made a tweet. Uh, this was a couple of months back, I think. He made a tweet against uh, this Ayurveda co company, this huge Ayurveda company called Himalaya, made a tweet providing all evidence against um, this one medicine. Uh, and he got sued and the company demanded that his Twitter account be removed. And he is actually one of the uh, few people that actually is uh, knows what he's talking about, is really qualified in this area and focuses on this area. Uh, and to have his uh, entire Twitter account removed is a huge blow to science communication all over the country and uh, now he actually fought the lawsuit back and he got a stay order from a higher court uh, against this lawsuit issued by Himalaya and today's Twitter account is back but you can see how uh, 
there is like like you said there is an uphill uh, fight for all these for any science communicator that's trying to call out this this kind of uh, you know bad medicine and all this so this is one example of one thing that happened yeah mm. yeah uh, yeah i mean i'm i'm glad he got it back and uh, it was very uh, heartening to see the the level of uh, support that he got on twitter Um, including yourself, many, yeah, yeah. Many people were even willing to contribute financially to uh, uh, actually fighting the company. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm so. This is one of the things that makes me optimistic about pseudoscience in this country. Although even though it's in a bad state right now, all over social media, it's in like you have all these creators. uh uh you know spouting ideas that have no <laughs> evidential basis for them uh i'm optimistic because there are people who see the value in all this who are on the uh, side of evidence and those people are so like the bravery of the communicators is something that inspires them to support these people even financially and uh, like a little bit of rational thinking is all people need to think through the bullshit that they themselves see so uh, I, because of all these reasons i'm optimistic even though we have a bad state of pseudoscience <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 good that uh, we are seeing minor deltas uh, minor improvements uh, but i think you know yeah. uh, every step in the right direction should be should be encouraged um you mentioned about uh, rational thinking right um and and you know i have had this thought for the longest time where uh, rational thinking is um is is very difficult to interpret in the sense that people can be rational in some areas but irrational mm. in others and it's it's mm. very nuanced uh, mm. they may uh, look for the absolute evidence in in some mm. cases where whereas mm. in in some other cases they they may be like you know it's okay why not mm. uh, uh and um, you know obviously there is a lot of link with religion uh, how do you see it can someone be rational all the time uh, or are just uh, human beings very layered in the sense that you know they can be quite hypocritical at times so yes i do think someone can be rational uh... but the important decisions in their lives uh, i i don't think humans by nature are rational creatures we are far more emotional than rational and emotions are important it's what makes helps you or uh, it's what enables you to appreciate art and music and beauty and emotions of being with uh, people you love all that is important for a person but for important decisions in their life thinking rationally is important and i do believe that people can be rational consistently with all such decisions and uh, for me personally i did fall to some irrational uh, let's say even superstitions at uh, different points in my life and uh, once i actually 
thought through that or so saw reasons why um, it's not uh, useful to believe all these things like i'll give you an example so there is this thing called a stock um, stock market this is completely non-religious citizens i've got there's a name uh, for it uh, it's called uh, it's a kind of reading the graph of a particular stock or uh, uh, stock or even cryptocurrency so judging by the shape of the graph whether it's going up or whether it has taken this pattern i remember there's this pattern called the head and shoulders pattern so apparently it looks like the graph looks like a person's head and their shoulders so based on the shape of the graph uh, you can predict or they predict they claim that the graph is going to go up or go down and based on that you should make decisions of buying or selling and uh, <laughs> once i realized it's complete pseudoscience uh, it took me some external force to actually come to this uh, realization i had to see people actually talk about uh, how fraudulent this whole <laughs> idea is and once i saw through that I was able to uh, think more rationally in these areas and I think that's what a lot of people need. If they get uh, someone telling them that hey these ideas are irrational and this is why I think people can start make, being more rational in decisions they make or in beliefs they hold. So. Uh, there was another part to your question i forgot uh, can you yeah yeah me? i mean i mean i what i wanted to know was you know can people be rational at all times and yeah. uh, are people you know usually quite hypocritical right you know uh, mm. when when something happens to them they sort mm. of change their minds and and start mm. to think in a very irrational way so uh, yeah so so I think it's far more important to be skeptical and to question everything that they come across, all the ideas that they come across. Uh, and that's something I teach in my videos or I talk about in my videos. Um, and uh, I think when people start adopting that sort of skeptical attitude, they can be consistently rational in all their decisions. And another thing that you uh, spoke about is the tone of communicating with someone. Uh, if you want to uh, give them the best chance of making a rational decision or a rational belief about something, I think it's important to speak in a tone that doesn't feel like you're attacking them or calling them stupid or condescending at them uh, because I think when you do any of those they instantly have their defenses up and uh, they'll go into a state where they're more concerned with defending their beliefs or proving or showing that they're not stupid and uh, uh, this hinders actually you getting through to them and actually conveying uh, 
uh, your message or what you actually want to tell them and uh, i think it's important and i only realized this uh, midway through my youtube journey so now my videos are more concerned with actually being a little more uh, toned down non aggressive uh, in what i try to say and yeah i i think once people are in a state where they can take in your message yeah they, I, i think once they are convinced of whatever you're saying i think they'll uh, they'll start being more rational yeah hmm. yeah you mentioned about you know what you know in a way what makes us human right uh, the emotions uh, like how do we appreciate music how we appreciate dance uh, the the subtle nuances because without which we will all be just ai or maybe robots, robots. yeah yeah pretty much yeah. Uh, and uh, that that brings me to the thought uh, about rituals right um, mm. you know rituals are a part of i mean india being such a nation of multitudes uh, rituals mm. are a, are an integral part and um, you know there are t- two ways to look at it rituals from a religious standpoint versus rituals as a cultural identity um mm. so i wanted to ask you what is your take on rituals uh, and uh, is it really important for uh, someone who is an atheist or a free thinker to to completely go against rituals because um yeah i mean i i think you get the point right yeah i uh, i understand so uh, i think very often uh, even though people in this generation might uh, be more free thinking more radical and more rational in uh, a lot of their thoughts and they probably wouldn't believe uh, in a lot of rituals Oh, by the way, I think all rituals have some element of pseudoscience in them, whether they're religious or not. I don't need to give you examples of religious. Oh, there are so rituals, many. But yeah, yeah, there are non-religious ritualistic belie- uh, behaviors that people take part in. So things like uh, when there's a rocket launch in NASA, apparently all astronauts are. Uh, for every astronaut uh, rocket launch they apparently pee on the rocket because apparently some um, astronaut in the 70s or something did that and ended up having a very successful mission so now they do it to for that for every mission to be successful and they know that it's a uh, a uh, you know it's not based in any concrete basis uh, they know it's a ritual that's superstitious but they still do it and sometimes yeah i do think these can be harmless but uh, and and some part of us uh, kind of has a tendency to engage in ritualistic behavior i remember uh, even me personally i would like before my exams this was a long time ago when i was still in school and not really an atheist or anything just before my exam i would go to the temple in a specific way i would choose a specific route 
pray at the temples in a particular order things like these and this was a ritual for me like of course there are rituals in the temple itself but even outside the temple i followed all these rituals because i thought they bring me good luck and uh, i think this is a human tendency but just like those rational those astronauts who recognize that this is superstitious i think it's important to recognize when there is superstition and when it's not and uh, i think that will help people think rationally and when it comes to an older generation that's what i was starting this point with but when it comes to an older generation like your parents or whatever i think it's futile to try and change their minds it's more important to uh, change the minds of people that are going to be alive for a much longer time the it's there's very little use in changing the minds of the older generation because you can argue those are the people in power in governments but for your parents uh, or your family elders in your family it's not as important to uh, try and uh, change their minds what people end up doing is they might argue and they might offend and end up completely ruining their relationship with these people if you think that your relationship with these family members is very is more important than them changing their minds then yes of course just avoid talking about these topics with them because you don't you're not going to gain anything by changing their minds it's another entirely different story if you are dependent on them either financially or emotionally or whatever but uh, uh, if you are financially independent don't even bother uh, talking to your family elders on these topics if it's something that directly affects you like if they are trying to impose their beliefs on you just put your foot down and say no i don't you know i don't believe in all this i'm not going to take part in this that's all you have to do if you are dependent on them however i would say uh, try to i think your most important uh, goal should be try to gain independence mainly financial and once you have that only can you stand up to them otherwise you can't uh, can't afford to ha- break these relationships with them so uh, just work towards getting independent and then uh, like whatever i said earlier but yeah this is how i personally do it i'm not sure if this is the only way of handling it but this is how i handle it this is how i uh, tell others to handle it if they have this they're faced with this uh, similar situation yeah mm. you bring a very interesting point about you know not ruining relationships and it's mm. it, you know maybe a futile thing to uh, change uh, the generation past right i mean the generation that is in their 60s and 70s because 
they were children of their time uh, you know they have had some sort of a social conditioning uh, but but have you had this instance where you know you already know that you are an atheist i mean you are pretty confident that uh, you are an atheist but there is a family gathering or there is some social gathering where there is someone of uh, the earlier generation talking absolute garbage and mm. you have you are itching to be mm. like no that is not true but held back um yeah there have been situations and there have been times when i my i would interrupt and say hey this is all bullshit or something but now i know better because uh, i think it's far more important if they're all older people and changing their minds might not really be of any use uh, i would just stay quiet most of the time uh, i do um, or so i think there is this each inside me that you talked about get satisfied because i get the opportunity to make videos and talk to people about these exact topics so that satisfies the itch so now nowadays i don't really feel the need to interrupt an elder and do all these things and i would say yeah do uh, i would say a similar thing to anyone else who asked me that question there's it's futile to talk to them and uh, change their viewpoint uh i will however say um The reason why I asked about the, the itch thing, right, is mm-hmm. because a lot of the times this conversation ends with, uh, isn't it? Or, you know, they will look at you eye to eye and be like... Yeah, just, <laughs> I would say in such cases, just politely say, I don't think so. No, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a way. Just don't be rude and attack them in the process or don't be rude and say anything like no this is all bullshit no don't don't be like that you can say exactly the same thing by being polite just say no i don't think so yeah don't think this is the way that, that i would say yeah that's yeah, yeah disagreeing is fine but it also needs to come with a certain sense of civility uh is, yeah. is your point and and i think that makes complete sense um Pranav, i wanted to ask you that uh you know atheism is um you know, Lawrence Cross, Professor Lawrence mm. Cross usually says that I am not an atheist, but I'm an anti-theist, which means he's mm. absolutely against all <laughs> gods and whatnot. Uh, so I've had this question in my mind and I've been wanting to ask uh, you and other fellow atheists that, you know, among the world's biggest problems, uh, you know, the problems seem to be mounting every day. Where does religion stand mm. and why is it very so important to educate people uh, mm. and yeah um, so so i mean i'm just going to put religion and pseudoscience in the same bracket again yeah so uh, what you have to remember is that things like religion aren't isolated it's these it's the same kind of thinking that you see in religious uh, settings that leads to things like alternative medicine things like astrology things like uh, uh, superstitious magical thinking like people believing that some things happen 
through ways that uh, you know like something's just happened the universe makes them happen i think there was some book where this idea was come i think this guy carlet hosini was the author the book kaitrana, was called the kaitrana yeah kaitrana hmm. yeah um so the uh, there was an oh, idea oh i think the... i think i think uh, you're talking about paulo coelho alchemist yeah paulo coelho yeah alchemist. the universe conspires to yeah 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 the universe conspires to uh, get you the things that you want no such thing happens you have to work towards what you want uh, the universe doesn't hand them to you of course you might turn out to be uh, extremely lucky and you might inherit a fortune and things like that do happen of course that's a statistical anomaly but this because of uh, because of that it doesn't make sense to rely on that what what happens is people rely on these things so i i think all these things uh, happen because of the same magical thinking rooted in religions so in my channel also i don't just address these pseudoscience elements i also criticize religions in on my channel and uh, it's important for people to get out of that sort of thinking to actually um, help help themselves not fall to scams and uh, you know fraudulent products from these alternative medicine peddlers so yeah uh, i think uh, we have to reach a point where religions become irrelevant in our society and uh, i think uh, the problem right now is people don't have good reasons or the the uh, actual uh, thought process why they don't believe these things i believe if we give them that uh, they gonna start thinking for themselves and uh, things like religion all these superstitions they all slowly become a little more irrelevant they probably won't vanish but they will become irrelevant and that's something i'm also fighting towards of course it's a huge long fight and baby steps are the way to go yeah, yeah. that's what i yeah yeah absolutely uh, uh, you know the reason why i brought up the rational in some cases irrational in some cases is because of this is that a lot of the people that i interact with maybe you know the usual temple goers the people who mm. celebrate diwali who will you know do the ganesh chaturthi make sweets mm. and snacks and all of that but when it comes to uh, you know medicine or when it comes to they are absolutely scientific so um, mm. i mean my question to you is isn't that the majority of people or do you think that because they they are slightly you know tilted towards the religious aspect it mm. it will only take one nudge before mm. they divert onto alternative medicine you know superstitiousness and all of that i don't know but then maybe so it depends on the person depends on a, like you can only talk on a case by case basis most people if you give them that nudge 
they'll actually go go they'll actually discard all their religious beliefs but some people if you give that nudge they might actually start believing in things like alternative medicine but i think it's the most important thing is that people get the right information to make these decisions and that's what i again that's what i do on my channel i tell them hey why it's wrong to think in this manner what's what's the fallacious reasoning behind all this and uh, yeah uh, so i think you can't make a generalized statement for all people but yeah uh, all these people are simply inconsistent with their beliefs they have pseudoscientific beliefs in some aspects but they don't in others ultimately what they want what they need is good reasons to believe or not believe some things and when they find that they will decide accordingly most people i met who have rational be beliefs in one setting but don't have them in others are tend to be rational people who will go looking for this information on their own and if they find the right sort of information they do tend to think rationally in those areas of irrationality also hmm. excellent um now i mean we are both indian so it's important that we talk about india uh, mm -hmm. and hinduism of course um so um you know i've had this thought about uh, abrahamic religions or semitic religions versus hinduism you know there's this common narrative that hinduism is not really a religion it's a way of life and all of that so when as an educator as a science communicator when you are uh, educating people about pseudoscience do you see any difference in the kind of population uh, that believes in such things if they are uh, of abrahamic religions versus hinduism has it been easy to communicate it with someone who is a hindu versus abrahamic religion or is it all the same straight up i would say it's all the same um, I, i don't really focus on religion i i tend to broaden into pseudoscience as a whole most of the time but i do have friends of mine other creators who um, could debate people on religion uh, so uh, i do think it's so it's very common that uh, they get uh, hindu people who will argue points like this that uh, hinduism is not actually a religion it's a uh, it's the tradition of the peoples in this geographical region and all that shit but ultimately you have to just think about so for me also i just think of hinduism as the lived reality of people in this country uh, like if they are filling a government form they ask what the religion is there might be a box for hindu and you'll take that that's what you do you you don't live your life going around like hey it's a way of life what difference does that make in your life right like you follow it the same way someone in the west might follow their abrahamic faith and uh, yeah in 
in a lot of such respects it's the same as an abrahamic faith but um, yeah if you get into the philosophy of it and all these things yeah there are differences in the uh, way the uh, in in the philosophy of vedanta and all that uh, i don't really address these things on my channel so i'm probably not the uh, most expert person on all these topics but uh, yeah uh, if they want to talk about such topics yeah sure but uh, they want to address hinduism as not a religion yeah that's not really the lived reality of most people yeah yeah that that makes total sense uh you know i mean recently uh, i've been in coming across people who are increasingly calling themselves spiritual as opposed to religious um what is your take on that have you been able to completely figure out what spirituality is because i haven't uh, yeah i don't think anyone has uh, i think people have uh, an idea of what spiritual is and they uh, make decisions based on that like hey spiritual means you have to meditate a lot and these are spiritual leaders you follow them uh, you do these things you do fasting you eat in a particular way you eat only particular foods um, uh, you have these rituals in your day all that stuff so it's all a, a blanket of spirituality there's no specific definition of spirituality in fact i even made uh, made fun of the soul idea in one of my videos on spirituality but um, uh, in my opinion it's just an extension of uh, religious because a lot of ideas simply have no basis for them like uh, if someone believes in manifestation that's a spiritual idea there's literally no basis for it if people want to say something is actually true then there has to be some basis and if it's an empirical claim it has to be an evidential basis for it so uh, that's my opinion it's again another kind of bullshit in my opinion but <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's as just speak, a bunch of ideas with no basis yeah. yeah as you speak i see the picture behind you extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence <laughs> talking about this Once you zoom in, I'll take my camera. Yeah, Carl Sagan, uh, the the famous uh, the famous author. Um, uh, excellent. I I think that completely makes sense. I mean, I've never been able to understand what spirituality actually is, and uh, never been able to. Yeah, it's it's something like fourth dimension or fifth dimension. Like I've never been able to completely understand. So and the thing is, for many people, uh, they experience um benefits from. spirituality like maybe it's their meditation activity or whatever and if i'm honest these benefits can also be uh, attained by other means like something secular like i think mindfulness meditation gives you the same results uh people like uh, sadguru I, i mentioned him before uh they do actual studies on benefits on blood markers of people who underwent their course um, 
it's all fraudulent studies in fact i even looked at them in one of my videos i examined the study in detail uh, but yeah uh, ultimately i think all these benefits can be obtained if you practice similar things that are not that are secular like mindfulness or simply exercising or simply uh, you know getting medical checkups or simply having good relationships with the people around you or uh, yeah all these things these are all secular they none of them have to be religious yeah but spirituality it's the same religious thinking magical thinking that leads to spirituality yeah the other thing that i've never been able to understand is positive energy you know i mean i mean the the the, the term is used so loosely um mm. you know i mean especially in terms of vastu i mean in in that mm. context especially where you know i i sit in this room and it gives me positive energy i mean things like cosmic energy like i don't know it's it's never made sense to me um mm. and i think it's all uh, some sort of uh, placebo satisfaction that give that it gives people um mm. some kind of solace uh, <laughs> and talking about solace you know i mean uh, you mentioned sadguru um, you know i've always wondered how these sort of demi gods have such uh, cult following um mm. and i'm sure you have researched a lot or or probably at mm. least read some of their cults or or, or met people who who are mm. in the cult or whatever um i i always wondered how they have such large following and mm. do you think there is something common between the sri sri ravi shankars and the sadgurus and the amritanandamayis and you know uh, brahma kumaris and all these guys uh, is, is is there something that they are doing right in gathering all these followers i i don't think so because uh, first i'll i'll uh, talk about what i feel leads people to believe these such people uh, i think so people might experience some good feeling or benefit from some activity like for example sadguru holds an annual event every shivratri uh, where there's a lot of music and dancing and all that of course dancing and music fills your blood stream with endorphins and you end up feeling good if you have pain in some part those endorphins will help you not feel pain and people might experience some good experience in this manner maybe uh, it might even be some uh, meditation session with a lot of people so uh, this community experience it's all something very positive for people and when they have a lot of people believing uh, or sharing beliefs uh, that they believe um, it feels really good and quite often once once you have a good enough number those people will keep coming back for more and maybe bring more people with them and the number just keeps growing and i think that's how all these um cults kind of develop uh, to be honest there is nothing uh, positive that they actually get that they can't get elsewhere uh, so uh, what people like sadguru shri shri and all these people do is 
they have products they actually have sales they actually have businesses uh, where the money they make out of these businesses are not taxed because they're a religious group and uh, uh, i think having more people in their cult only benefits them only grows their business uh, and i think of course all these people or uh, in the garb of spirituality or the people you mentioned in the garb of spirituality what they have are businesses that benefit from these huge numbers of customers and uh, the income is just not taxed and uh, i think i answered everything you asked uh, yeah yeah pretty much um, yeah. you know i mean talking about shivratri i think um, you brought it up my first uh, you know trust with sadguru's tweets uh, happened mm-hmm. during one of those shivratri uh, moments mm-hmm. and um, you know i have the tweet right in front of me it says mahashivratri quote sorry uh, Mah- mahashivratri not of religion or beliefs not mm-hmm. of race or nation mm-hmm. a night in which planetary positions cause a natural energy upsurge in the human system a cosmic phenomenon with a universal impact experience this consciously now i read that and i'm like what is he even trying to say i mean he's using words like cosmic phenomenon universal impact planetary positions um and you know this was i think 2020 2021 around around that time when youtube actually had uh, likes versus dislikes you know i i think mm-hmm. they turned it off for some reason and i was going through his videos on youtube uh you know all similar stuff and i see the likes versus dislike ratio it was crazy so it was something around 16k likes versus 35 dislikes or something like that mm-hmm. and um i i began to think how are people you know okay with such stuff like why are people putting up with such things um uh, again you know common sense has different meanings for different people but in my opinion someone with a little bit of common sense will will not believe this um mm-hmm. so uh, i mean i'm sure he has said way many more things than this which you clearly debunk in a, in a lot of your videos uh, but why do you think people don't question it like uh, i i see people asking him things like what is the best form of workout like mm-hmm. why would why will you ask someone like that uh, i mean why don't you go to a nutritionist or a physical trainer and uh, he gets a lot of questions about life which uh, he answers in a very neither here profound. nor there kind of profound way yeah uh, and uh, uh, i i mean we all have learned this in school that uh, you can't fool many people for a long time or something along those lines right so uh, how are they doing it like why do you think it's working for them so the first thing is they say things only things that are vague they w- they'll never say anything specific that uh, you can hold them to uh, that you can show that the statement is wrong if it's vague enough in some sense it can be shown to be right 
I mean, I mean, so, taking a taking an example of this tweet, right? Planetary positions cause a natural energy upsurge. Like what? Yeah, uh, some statements are specific and are clearly wrong. Those are the ones I debunk on my channel also. Now, this particular thing. So, people who go to that Shivratri thing event will actually feel good, but instead of realizing that it's the endorphins in your blood that are making you feel energized or good or whatever they'll think of this thing that Sadhguru said uh, about cosmic energies and whatever and think that that's true whereas the fact is and there is the fact is that he's saying all this with zero basis, zero evidence backing any of this up. And if you like, what exactly is cosmic energy? There's no answer to all that. So if, uh, if we look at how uh, science works or how things work in the, in, in this world, none of it points to whatever he said. Yet people will believe because what they experience is just the energized state, that feeling, feel good feeling. So they'll say that they'll think that what he's saying makes sense. And uh, you're, there is a saying that you can't feel many people for a long time. But I am not sure that's right, that's correct after seeing all these people. You clearly can fool a lot of people for a long time. Uh, and uh, the reason why he, uh, people ask him all these questions about life and all that, and sometimes even working out and all that, is because he's given this impression that he's this knowledgeable guru. And there was this uh, many centuries ago in India, there was this tradition of gurus um, you know sitting under a tree sitting in front of a bunch of students and talking to them and it made sense back when experience was the only source of knowledge now it doesn't but he still tries to uh, you know bring that aura of gurus talking to shishyas and uh, uh, you know in that setting they just ask anything and everything they ask questions about Bhagavad about life and he'll say answers that the the thing is they've heard people have heard so many profound sounding answers from him that literally anything he says sounds profound to them and uh, I've actually made fun of them if you look at it most uh, skeptically what he's saying sounds like word salad just a bunch of really uh, big words strung together without any sense but um, to people who actually believe in the ideas he says to them it'll sound like something meaningful something profound and that's what he uh, what he uh, you know, rides on this sentiment of people. And if you look out, look at things he says about diet advice or exercise advice, he actually tells, tells people not to go to a gym. 
that doesn't make sense not to do weights, not to lift weights. Does it, in what world does that make sense? We've, we've got tons, countless evidence on the benefits of weight training. How does he say that? So uh, you can actually, like people who actually know the facts can see through his bullshit right away. But the sad thing is that there are so many people who don't know the facts that he's he can gain an audience easily. So yeah, yeah. I think that's what happens. You know, I, I spoke to a few people who consistently share uh, the sh shots that he posts on YouTube or Instagram uh, who reshare in their stories. And uh, I, I spoke to them and I was like, uh, are you a follower? Uh, and, and the consistent answer that I got was, I'm not a follower, but whatever he says kind of makes sense. That's yeah. been the most consistent answer that I've got. And uh, some of them has have said that uh, he has a good voice. He has a very neutral accent. Um, it's kind of like white noise neutral. for them. Um, uh, some of them have said that. Um, but, but this whole thing called... Uh, inner engineering the 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 the, mm -hmm. the product like you said that they sell right um i i think in one of his interviews someone asked him like what does it do uh, and his answer was you know so many people are coming back to it so many people have benefited from it they they are ready to pay you know a ridiculous amount of money for that um so it seems to work uh, but i don't know what exactly it is uh, uh, do you have any so idea that that is fallacious reasoning right there you're uh, arguing based on the popularity of an idea saying that an idea is true because of its popularity but uh, yeah that's not why something actually is true or works it should be on the basis of evidence because if we don't have that evidence there might be something might be popular for a lot of reasons. It might be popular among a lot of people simply because they don't know any better. It might be popular because they've already been fed a lot of ideas right from their childhood, their religion or whatever, that when they hear other people saying things that sound true or in the context of everything else they've heard and experienced, it'll make sense to them. So. Among such people, obviously, it's going to be very popular. But that's no reason to think that it's true or it works. Yeah, that that is so true. And and uh, you know that's one that's been one of my biggest criticisms with the religious texts is that it's not simple. You know, it's mm -hmm. why is it so complicated to understand? Why uh, or or uh, and when I when I say that uh, the the common argument that I get back is that you know you have not reached that level of, uh, mm. but uh, I am such a first principles guy and I'm like, you know, why can't you just make it uh, simple enough to understand? Um, and yeah. And the other thing that, that I've also noticed is that, uh, you know, scientists uh, evolve, uh, you know, science evolves and a lot of the times things that were true in the 1970s are not true anymore because, you know, we have some other proof that is countering it. But not for once have I uh, heard any of these demigods or gurus mm -hmm. take back their statement saying that, mm -hmm. hey, I was wrong and this is the correct 
uh, version, uh, which which is, I mean, we are all humans, right? And and humans make mistakes. And mm. how can they be so perfect? I mean, I've always wondered that. Yeah, he kind of markets himself as a perfect person, an incarnation of God, as a kind of demigod. You said it yourself. So uh, I think part of how he markets himself is by not being wrong about anything. Uh, and uh, one thing you said a while back about science uh, changing or something that wasn't true uh, or something that was true in the 70s becoming, becoming not true now. It's, it's like this, okay. There are facts and then there are theories. The facts will never become untrue. The evidence, facts slash evidence, whatever, will never become untrue. Whatever facts we've seen so far, we'll only add uh, more evidence, more things we see, things we understand to that list of facts. Now, based on these facts, you have theories. You have uh, theories like Newton's laws or Einstein's relativity that uh, try and explain why the facts are this way. They can only make such theories on the basis of facts they've seen till that date. In future, if a new facts, fact comes along and gets added to this list, this theory might have to get updated, might change completely. That's, what, that's how science improves. The facts don't change. The theories might uh, change or uh, improve or upgrade based on what we've learned. And this, all this comes with the assumption that, hey, we're all humans, we make mistakes. Uh, whenever we do make mistake, let's admit it and uh, learn out of that mistake. But if you are a, an incarnation of God, you're not gonna make a mistake, right? So uh, that's why they hold on to they never take back anything they say. They'll always justify uh, something. They'll always justify their words or what they, uh, what their uh, religious ideas tell them. All these things they'll justify. They'll rationalize in the context of what we do know today. So you'll never see them saying it's wrong. Yeah, and I feel like it's easy for them to justify because the statement that they started off with was vague in itself, right? So it's so easy yeah, to justify yeah. because nobody got it in the it's first easy place. To justify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, um, now you know, talking about pseudoscience a little bit more, you know, this is uh, the the time of social media. We have mm -hmm. so many ways of communicating, uh, and that also brings us a few bad apples, right? Um, uh, you know, pseudoscience is one. And then the other thing is, um, you know, how great India was, uh, you know, things that, hey, you know, we had aeroplanes, we had this, we had that, uh, not much of evidence because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, we, we were not good writers, right? We were not great in documenting. And I had this conversation with uh, Krish Ashok as well, where, you know, uh, mm -hmm. the, the whole fact that the Vedas and all these literary masterpieces got transferred orally in itself is a miracle um but uh 
but but we we usually talk about i mean also there is a, a slight uh, angle of nationalism as well that is coming coming along um that you know india was great and whatnot um it had you know significant advancement in science which is probably true because you know we we were uh, one of the great civilizations uh, you know countries like the us didn't even exist when when we existed but uh, when we are propagating it uh, saying that we had this we had that other than getting a certain sense of validation uh, is there any significance like what if it was great uh, right uh, it, yeah, it's only on validation, dude. It's only validation because um, I think there's a there's a huge section of society in India uh, who mainly I I mainly the right wing uh, who are insecure, who have an inferiority complex that uh, when they look at books or study about the inventors of things or the great discoverers of or the where ideas came from it's always europe or the west or something so there is an inferiority within them that no such things really came out of india when that's not true there's uh, there's a lot of really good signs that came out of india what they do is they try to uh, fill that void of insecurity with lies that's where things like vimanas come from vimanas are apparent are apparently flying machines from ancient india that uh, apparently their tra those travelers could use to fly between like regions or whatever even fly to space flying is not really a thing in space because there's no air you can't fly through anything okay. but uh, that's the understanding that uh, these people have so they'll obviously say fly you can only propel through space but um, <clears throat> uh, Vimanas are based in just one book that came out in 19 early 1900s that claims its origins are from the Vedas or from ancient India that we actually it it talks about uh, things like hey we actually had uh, uh, this kind of technology back then and uh, it talks about uh, the uniform of pilots like what scientific work instead of talking about the physics of flight or how a machine actually gets in the air instead of talking about all that it talks about what a pilot should wear what passengers should eat what uh, what protocol should be like what in what world would you believe these things so uh, it seems to me although i have no way of proving it it seems to me that this was made up by someone who uh, saw the protocols or uh, uniforms of pilots after flight was invented and we had commercial flights in the early 1900s. 
someone saw that and wrote all this in a book but this person who wrote it doesn't know anything about the physics of flight about bernoulli's principle and all that so none of that is that in book instead what you have in the book are these really lame things so it's all pseudoscience ideas like those but but the reason many people believe it is because it's not all that glamorous to say hey we came up with the number system or the pythagoras theorem before pythagoras none of that is all that enticing in their minds but to think that we could fly back then is a glamorous idea and when you see any idea any empirical claim like this there has to be a cause to have an effect there has to be a mechanism that leads to the effect in physics airplanes can only fly because their wings are shaped in that way and they control the flow of air in a specific manner that let gives them lift if you have pseudoscience like this all you need is the effect you don't need any cause you don't need any mechanism so yeah if you combine glamour with this inferiority complex and this uh, absence of the need for a cause and you have shit like the mimanas there are a lot of other things in our that came out around the same time things like vedic maths <clears throat> claims its origins are from the vedas uh, things like um, was one more thing uh, yoga i mean yoga was uh, is is a fairly recent thing you know it was like uh, mysore i think i think modern yoga many elements in yoga are a fairly recent thing and there are it's all pseudo scientific but i think uh, the philosophy of yoga was there while back i think i, I should research on this a little more before i talk about it but there was one more thing i can't remember right mm. now but uh, yeah uh, it's all these things that lead to ideas like right uh, i mean you you mentioned about uh, uh, you you mentioned about alternative medicine and how it actually causes harm to people like you know someone goes into a quack or you know <laughs> someone someone who's not professionally qualified but when it comes to pseudoscience and things like this right uh, claims uh, other than dinner table discussions of uh, about how great uh, india was uh, does it actually cause harm or uh, i mean Absolutely. it mm, um, uh, so uh, the harm is in uh, the immediate harm is from things like alternative medicine like you said yeah. but even ideas like uh, uh, vimanas or uh, vastu or all astrology or whatever pseudoscience that people believe in i think that uh, kind of impacts their scientific temper they don't think look at things in a rational scientific manner and when you already have such an approach in your thought process you're more prone to being scammed being falling into actual harm like alternative medicine so in my opinion so i always say okay it's, it's like a soil on which these plants grow 
these plans represent specific ideas of citizens one plan might be vermanas one plan might be vastu or whatever you can't just pluck out these plans that's useless you have to target the entire base soil to prevent any new such ideas from coming out yeah so yeah Yeah, yeah, that is so true because I think uh, talking about alternative medicine, you know, there are some really weird practices like astral projection and things like mm -hmm. that where people have actually lost their lives and it's been uh, such a sad Tell me case. about this. I actually don't know. Yeah, astral projection. So there was a case in Kerala. Um, mm -hmm. uh, a, a guy murdered his parents uh, and he murdered because some quack or some guy had told that, you know, you should murder your parents because he was in debt or whatever. And then if you murder your parents, then they are going to come back to life in, in a few days. So he murdered them. Both of them were professors. Okay. So he murdered them. And then he was in the room, in the same room that his parents lay dead. And he ordered Swiggy, Zomato and ate and all of that. And then they never came back. Yeah. Uh, so some astral projection you should look it up you know uh, it's it's a weird again all these uh, clan kind of uh, rituals which actually cause harm i think there was another case in kerala where an astrologer said that you should go and murder someone and then they actually did it uh, mm. yeah lots of lots of weird cases i mean again these are all uh, isolated does not impact the majority of people who are religious. Again, we have to add that caveat as well. But these are, mm -hmm. like you said, you know, in that soil, some plants like these may grow and they may cause harm to lives. Um, uh, but but yeah, you mentioned about uh, Pythagoras theorem and uh, uh, and all of that. Uh, you know, I I saw a recent video where. You were talking about education system and textbooks, um, and uh, you you mentioned about uh, NCRT. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. removing things like evolution periodic table mm -hmm. um, in the name of reducing burden, and mm -hmm. um, some other modules praising uh, <laughs> Indian aviation like Vimanas uh, and so on. So, um, and you mentioned earlier where you know it is important that we educate the next generation uh and and inculcate things like scientific temper and questioning and you know rationality um with these changes in textbooks and the education system uh where is it all going for now i don't know it it'll all uh, so it's very hard to tell exactly what's gonna happen in the future maybe five years down the line it's a long time lot of things would have happened in that time too and maybe we don't have all these things in textbooks at that time but uh, right now i think all this is a function of who's in power what government is in power and the government we have right now is very pseudoscience loving very pseudoscience promoting in fact we have a, an entire ministry for pseudoscientific medicine so uh, I think uh, again I'm not very I, I cannot say this for sure but we have education ministers who, they, who say things like evolution isn't real so when I see red flags like that I can just all I can think of is 
uh, is what's happening to our textbooks where are they going what are kids gonna learn in the future and of course there will be people say that this is an isolated thing uh, uh, this has been removed here because in future in 12 they're gonna learn it again that's not a good enough reason for me because they're removing very vital topics like evolution and periodic table like there's a chapter on heredity they're keeping that but they're removing evolution heredity is that chapter is way more way in my opinion it's more complex and less important compared to evolution so it doesn't make sense for them to remove this and not that things like that like i feel from the red flags i've seen that it's not going in the right direction and what was your question again i'm sorry yeah i mean i, I mean i was asking where where this is all going and and i was also speaking uh, from personal experience where you know uh you know a a a portion of my schooling was done under the Vajpayee government uh, and mm. they had, uh, I went to Kendri Vidyalaya and they had mm. things like Ramayana, Mahabharata. Uh, I think they also had Gautam Buddha's lessons and uh, <laughs> we also had a Sanskrit teacher uh, who said that the first test tube baby was Agastya Muni because he <laughs> he was born in a, in a matka or whatever. But, uh, you know, somehow we all grew out of it. Uh, so I guess you know, students of this generation will also figure out a way at later stages in life, I hope. It, there's, um, I think people changing on their own will depend on things like uh, what kind of exposure they get in school, in on social media, all these things. People they hang uh, out I with. I was, uh-huh. People they hang so, out with. Yeah, people they hang out with. I was lucky in the sense that when I was at a very impressionable age, I had exposure to all these rational thinking individuals. The state of social media currently is that uh, a young impressionable person coming online, they wouldn't have been exposed to all these ideas in school, they wouldn't get exposure uh, on social media i'm not sure if i'm not sure they can think their way out of all these ideas on their own because all thinking has to be triggered by some uh, some spark initial spark i'm not sure where they're gonna get it from so uh, like sure Things like evolution might be there in biology in 12th, but some, not everyone takes biology in 12th. They, there will be a whole section of society which never gets any exposure to any evolution anywhere in their schooling. And yeah, uh, like I'm not sure they can think their way out of this on their yeah that, that, that's true because in a class of say 60 maybe the top one percent will eventually go on to mingle with that crowd who will mm. think rationally but then there is always going to be the next 30 35 students who will mm. never see that uh strata of society or never be able to mingle with them and then 
will you know be in silos and have the same sort of thinking so i think i think you bring up a very interesting yeah. point there um uh, now pranav before i end this podcast i have to ask you uh, if the entire world change changes to atheism if there is no religion in the world at all uh, do you think there will be less problems and the reason why i'm asking this question is you know there are things like um afterlife right and mm-hmm. uh, things like karma that's <laughs> keeping people um uh, not do things that they would have eventually uh, or or otherwise rather uh, mm-hmm. so what is your thought like will there be less problems and uh, I, or- I think we give a little too much credit to atheism because uh, if you had asked the same question but you had said if the whole world becomes skeptical will we have less problems i think yeah definitely that is a fantastic if, statement yeah yeah i agree yeah but uh, if it's just atheism yeah sure if that atheism is a product of skepticism yeah sure maybe but some people are atheists very dogmatically some people may uh, strongly hold ideas of things like communism and their uh, atheist because that's another idea that uh, gets fed into them or maybe i've seen people calling themselves hindu atheists so wait what is that people, oh that is um, so apparently indian philosophies hindu philosophy had uh, some ideas of atheism within like there was a school of philosophy that comes under uh, indian philosophies that uh, believed in material things and didn't have any idea of god so th- those people but the problem is those same people will believe in other supernatural ideas like concept of soul and believe in things like rituals and uh, uh, you know traditional ideas so they're not really skeptical atheists they're just atheists because of some other reasons so yeah if i can modify your question to uh, if they're all skeptical yeah probably there'll be lesser problems in the world because some of the biggest problems in the world today uh arise out of people not being skeptical people having religious ideas which leads to war and violence like this war going on right now that's a result of religion and um <clears throat> yeah uh so you just have to look at what's the source of beliefs that people have is it some dogma some unquestioned dogma or is it some something skeptical something that arose out of their own skeptical thinking yeah that's mm. what we have to look at but yeah yeah so i think i think the the the, the broader sense of what you're saying is that uh, uh you know even seems turns out that atheism also has layers by the way that mm. is uh, that is fascinating but yeah i mean i think building scientific temper uh, not just believing uh the person right i mean you know uh, looking at the source and building scientific temper and rationality is is the key to move the world forward in terms of science and technology and just betterment of lives uh, in general um yeah. but well 
thank you so much pranav uh, for yeah. taking out time uh, you are you are really busy i know with scripting and uh, all of that i absolutely love your content and i'll i'll link your content in the show notes uh, i highly recommend that people check them out um, and uh, and pranav also hosts a po- podcast and uh, i i love how um, he asks guests very very interesting questions uh, you know yeah. one of one of the uh, one of my favorite episodes is with uh, krish ashok and uh, um have you done an episode with abby phillips yeah 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 first podcast episode was right right yeah highly recommend people check that out i'll i'll link that as well in the show notes uh, but pranav uh, you along with meghna the bioom all of all of you guys are doing excellent work and uh, uh, creating awareness uh, uh, building a very nice ecosystem a very nice society that can uh, that can push us uh, all forward so Keep up the good work and thank you so much for joining. Thank you.